Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. These commandments come from God. To emphasize that, Moses says that they were written with the finger of God. And the first commandment states that there is only one true God and that we shall have no other gods before Him. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. God describes Himself as a jealous God, meaning that our Creator desires an exclusive relationship of love and trust with His people. But sadly, we often choose other priorities. Today on The Verdict, we'll be reminded of who God is and why He should be the center of our lives. We're continuing a study on the Ten Commandments. Here's Pastor John Monroe. Last time we began to think of the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. While the majority of people say they believe in God, people have all kinds of different ideas as to who or what God is and what role He plays in their lives. This is why it is all important that we reflect on the Ten Commandments, particularly the first one. As God is the unique God, He must have no rivals, and He calls on us to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yet the temptation to love things and to have other priorities above God are very real in all of our lives. Today, let's think of what it means to love and serve the one true God exclusively. Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to read the first three verses. Exodus 20, verse 1, God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods beside me. There it is, the first commandment, telling us that the Lord is the unique God. The Lord is the unique God, first of all, because of who He is. What do we read in verse 2? I am the Lord, your God. But the Lord is also the unique God because of what He has done. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Think of the power and the, the might and the brilliant wisdom of the God who speaks and it's done. Let there be light, and there was light. Why should we have no other gods before this God? Because this God, the Lord, is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Not only is the Lord great and unique in creation, He is great and unique in redemption. He redeems His people from the slavery of Egypt. They were unable, totally unable, to free themselves. It took the power of Almighty God to deliver them from Egypt, to overthrow the pharaohs, to lead them through the wilderness into the promised lands. He's not a remote God. Yes, He's great. He's eternal. But the miracle is He's also a God of infinite grace. And it's mind-blowing, isn't it, that this God, who is the immense creator of everything, seeks a living, dynamic, growing, personal relationship with me and with you. So the Lord is the unique God because of who He is and because of what He has done. Therefore, He commands us, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, because of that, 
because of who the Lord is and because of what he has done, doesn't it make sense that God will have no rivals? Look at verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Verse 5, you shall not worship them, the false gods, or, or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a… what kind of God? Jealous God. The Lord is a jealous God. You say, jealous? Usually for us, jealousy is an ugly word, isn't it? We think of jealousy as suspicion, distrust of someone controlling someone else, a kind of green-eyed monster. But when we say that the Lord is jealous, as He so describes Himself, we are saying that God protects what is precious to Him. Does it surprise you that God will not share the stage or His glory or your life with anyone else? You see, it's not just that God wants a personal relationship with you. He wants more than that. I have many relationships with many of you. It's not that God just wants to be another one being with whom you can have a personal relationship. He wants that relationship to be what? Number one, the most important relationship in your life. That's what the first commandment is saying. Now, I've been married for a number of years, have a wonderful wife, and occasionally I meet people and read about people who say they have an open marriage. It sounds very sophisticated, doesn't it? And if you have an open marriage, apparently, even though you're married, you can date other men or other women. Right? I don't have an open marriage. Right? And if any of you try to date my wife, (laughs) we're going to have a problem. Because I'm that old-fashioned kind of husband. I'm jealous. Leave my wife alone. She's mine. She's number one. And I protect what is precious to me. And any man, any woman who truly loves their spouse knows what it is to be jealous. If someone intrudes, someone comes in between a man and his wife, the pain that it causes and the distortion it causes to that relationship, God is saying to us not only do I want a relationship with you? I want it to be exclusive. I want it to be number one, because I'm Yahweh, and I will have no rivals, no false gods, no idols. And in the book of John, 1 John 5 verse 21, the last verse, John tells us as Christians to guard ourselves from idols. Martin Luther said, whatever you set your heart on and rely on, that is really your God. Anything you set your heart on and rely on is your God. Hitting the news this week was Kathy Griffin, who won a, quote, creative arts. If that's creative art, I'm glad I'm not a creative artist. She won a creative arts Emmy for her reality show. Now, I've never seen her reality show, but based on what she said, I hope never to see it, and I hope none of you ever see it. But when she held up her Emmy, she made a very off-color remark about Jesus and then said, quote, this award is my God now. I'm sure she was trying to be funny. 
I found it sad. I found it blasphemous. But I thought to myself, can you imagine having that little M.A. as your God? It's really going to help you through life, isn't it? And it's really going to be of great help when you're on your deathbed. I'll just turn to this little Emmy and say, are you going to help me now? How foolish, how pathetic. But beyond the joke, but beyond the pathetic humor is the sadness of our world that for many people, success, applause, is their God, is their idol. Now, do you have any idols in your life? Let me give you a little test to help you determine how you're doing with this commandment. Back to school, you're going to grade yourself, all right? I'm not going to see it. You say, what a relief. But the Lord is going to see it. Here's the first part to the test. As to whether you have any idols in your life, as to how you're doing with the first commandment. First, the money test. How do you spend your money? How we spend our money shows our priorities, doesn't it? Number two, the love test. What do you love in life? St. Augustine said, moral character is assessed not by what a man knows, but what he loves. If you know what I love, you know a lot about John Monroe. What do you love? The love test. What do you love? Third, the thought test. In your free moments, what do you think about? Reveals an awful lot about you, doesn't it? You're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. Fourth, the time test. How do you spend your free time, your spare time? Not at work, not with family, ministry, responsibilities, but when you're free time, what do you choose to do? That reveals a lot about you, doesn't it? Final, the security test. What, what is giving you security in life? What or whom are you trusting for your future? To whom or to what do you turn to in time of trouble? That reveals how you're doing in terms of this commandment. Are there false gods, false idols in your life? Do you love anyone or anything more than God? Come on, be honest. What is most important to you is your God. To trust in anything more than God is to make that a God. If you trust in riches, you are making your resources your God. If you're an anxious person, you are making your circumstances your God. They are controlling your life rather than the supreme God. If you love your children more than God, you're making gods of your children, gods of your little family. God will have no, no rivals. And God has created us with a God-shaped hole in our hearts. And if we fill that gap with anything or anything other than God Himself, it is a violation of the first commandment. It is idolatry. So ask, is God number one in your life? Is He? Is God really in control of your life? In the early 20s, a motorist was stuck on a lonely country road in a small ford which had spluttered to a stop. He didn't know anything about engines, and he was standing there when a car drove, drove up and stopped. The driver got up and asked if he could help. The man said, yes, certainly. The man lifted the hood of the car, and in a couple of minutes had the engine running smoothly. How did you manage that? Gasped the delighted motorist. Very easy came the answer. I designed the car. I'm Henry Ford. You're finding your life at a standstill? Life spluttering to a stop? Surrounded by problems, wondering what's gone wrong? Things are not working out the way you should in your life? Could it be that you're not trusting your designer 
And you're saying to God, while in theory I believe in God, really in practice you're saying to God, hands off, I'll run my own life. Isn't it time to surrender to God? Could it be instead of worshiping, loving, and trusting the true God, other loves, other gods, other priorities have come into your life? You've not really turned your life over to the Lord. Something, someone in your life is taking precedence over God. Isn't that right? Friends, work, career, ambition, pleasures, family, whatever it is. God and God alone must be number one. We have learned there is none higher in rank. He is Yahweh. He's the commander-in-chief. There is none higher, none greater, no greater name. And this unique God will have no rivals. This morning, do you hear his voice? You shall have no other gods before me. I allow that to ring through your mind and your heart this week. God is saying to you and God is saying to me, as I have been challenged by this personally, John, you will have no other gods before me. Now, as we reflect on this, I'm sure we realize that we've broken this commandment, haven't we? And it's only the first. There's another nine. <laughs> I've blown it on number one. I'm really scared to read anymore. And this commandment is a serious one because it's about my relationship with God. And I failed right there. And when we break the law, there's a penalty. You're stopped for speeding, coming to church, Ray Road, 40 miles per hour in Ray. You go 55, the police officer stops you, tells you, sir, madam, you've broken the law. You're only meant to go 40, you were going 55. There is a penalty, isn't there? Failure to comply with the law results in a penalty. Now, how are you going to deal with the penalty? Because you, like me, have broken this first commandment, haven't you? Be honest. What about the penalty? You say, well, I'll try a bit harder. I'll just try harder. God helps those who help themselves. Isn't that somewhere in the Bible? Well, person, I've never found it. If you find it, let me know. The story is told of a frog which fell into a pail of milk. And the little frog tried every conceivable way to jump out of the pail, but he couldn't. The sides were too high. As he was swimming around in the milk, he couldn't get any leverage to launch himself. And so he did the only thing he could do. He paddled and paddled and paddled and paddled. And believe it or not, the paddling produced a little pat of butter from which he was able to launch himself to freedom. Preacher telling this little story to the congregation said to the congregation, just keep on paddling, keep on working, keep on doing your best, and you will make it. Cute little story, absolutely lousy theology, right? Very, very, very bad. If that's the way out of the pail, if that's the way to get rid of my penalty, I am doomed. No, that's not it. You say, how do we deal with this penalty against us because of the first commandment. Well, it's at this point that the sheer brilliance of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ shines, isn't it? Because one comes into human time and history, one from heaven himself, and the Word becomes flesh and dwells among us. And this one, the only one who ever lived, kept the first commandment and all of the rest of them 100% of the time. He said, I always do the things that please the Father. He always honored God. God, his Father, was always first in his life. 
And although he was perfect, he died on a cross, not for his own sins, of which he had none, but for your sins and mine. And so he paid the penalty for your sins through his own death, his perfect death, on the cross for the sin of the world. And the penalty against us, and if you ever received something from a court, you've broken a law, and it gives very often the penalty. You have broken such and such a law, and because of that, the penalty is such and such. The penalty is against us because we've broken the law. He takes that penalty, he takes that indictment, he takes that debt, the Bible says, and nails it to the cross. Not only does he do that, although wicked hands kill him and put him on the cross, loving hands take him from that cross and put him in a tomb, and on the third day he rises from the dead. And because our Lord Jesus Christ has conquered sin and has paid the penalty of my sin, if I receive Christ as my Savior and my Lord, my sin, including my many breaches of the first commandment, are wiped out and I am free. And this is where religion and biblical Christianity part ways. All religions emphasize, all of them emphasize what we do. The gospel, the good news of Christ, emphasizes what Christ has done. And has told us, he's done it all. And people are shocked when you say to them that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. That flows from the first commandment. Because the Lord is the only God, we approach God, as we'll see next week as well in worship, we approach God on His terms, not our terms. And we by ourselves could never get to God. He's too great. He's too holy. He's too righteous. We needed what? We needed a mediator. We needed a way. And that way is a person. It's not a cause. It's not a dogma. It's not a doctrine, it's a person, our Lord Jesus Christ, who takes me from here, earth, sinful although I am, forgives my sin, and takes me to heaven itself. He is my way to God. There's a flight that leaves from Atlanta to Scotland, direct flight, right from Atlanta on Delta Airlines, right into Edinburgh, Scotland. Supposing, like me, you'd like to be in Scotland, and I say, you know, I'm really a, don't tell the session, but really I'm a millionaire, and I'm going, to pay your, I'm going to pay your ticket. You say, John, that's great, because I'm absolutely destitute. In fact, I'm on the verge of bankruptcy, and I don't have a penny, but I would love to get to Scotland. I'd say, don't worry about it. I'll get your ticket. And so I give you the ticket. It's free. It's free. I am your ticket. I am your way to Scotland. The most beautiful country and the most crazy people in all the world will take you there. And it's given to you freely. Jesus Christ, can I say it reverently, is the ticket, is the way to God. He accomplishes, he pays all of the price and says, now here, accept this. Receive me as your Savior and your Lord. But remember this, because of who the Lord is and because he will have no rivals, I am the only way to him, the truth and the life that no one ever gets to God apart from me. Today, will you hear his voice and will you respond and receive this great God into your heart? 
You say, John, I've already done that. Praise God. But you know, I'm talking to many of you here, and God at this moment is not number one in your life. Oh, yes, you're saved by God's grace, but some other love, some other priority has come into your life. You have left your first love. There are students here who say they're following Jesus Christ, but they want to enjoy life, and they say, perhaps in a few years, I'll get right with God. But meantime, God is going to be placed over here. There's a businessman sitting here, and he says, yes, I'm a follower of Christ, and I want to live for the Lord, but I've got to make a lot of money, and, and, and really, I'm just going to keep the Lord back there. Probably when I retire, I might go on a missions trip, might volunteer, but meantime, God is back here. Is the Lord truly your commander-in-chief? Isn't it time for many of us, yes, many of us, to end a half-hearted, mediocre following of Christ? Will you come and will you stand here and say, not only do I believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord, and that He's the only way to God, and that I believe that there is only one true God, I desire Him to be number one in my life, and afresh I consecrate my life to Him. You may have just sung in a choir. You may be a deacon. You may be an elder. You may have been a pastor standing singing here. You may be a Sunday school teacher. You may be a well-respected member of this church. You may have just come in here for the first time, but you have wandered away from the Lord. Other loves, other priorities, not necessarily sinful things in and of themselves, but other priorities have come into your life, and right down to it, your life lacks the power of God, and you're not close to the Lord, because you've compromised on this very first commandment. Today, it's a time for you to do business with God, and to come humbly and say, Lord, afresh, I consecrate myself to you. Lord, afresh, I express my love for you, and in your grace and with your strength from now on, you will be number one in my life. And if you've never trusted Christ, will you also come? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The Lord is saying to all of us, you will have no other gods before me. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe, Senior Pastor of Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today's message is titled, The First Commandment, No Other Gods. And you can find this lesson along with all of John's previous messages over on our website at theverdict.org. And as we continue in our study on the Ten Commandments, we want to make sure you get your copy of our free printable workbook. This valuable listening guide will walk you through each lesson in our current series with insightful notes and helpful study questions from John. So get your copy of the Ten Commandments guidebook by visiting us online at theverdict.org. There you can also sign up for our monthly email list to stay in the loop on new resources and other ministry updates from John. Just click the sign up button on our homepage. And if you value the gospel work of this ministry, we invite you to be a part of our radio outreach this year and help us share these biblical teachings with new listeners by giving a financial gift. Your generous contributions will help cover the cost to deliver the truth of God's Word through the radio to your neighbors, your community, and all around the world. To partner with us today, just go to theverdict.org or call us at 833 551 
or send your check in the mail by writing to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Is God the top priority in life? Is it your first love? Do you believe in the one true God or have you made a God that you can control? We all have broken the first commandment. Yet God sends His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, not to condemn us, but to save us. Will you accept God's forgiveness of your sins? Will you place your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Next time we'll think of the important second commandment. Not only must we worship God, but we must worship Him God's way. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.